Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This is the day. Episode number five on December the 17th, 2023. Episode number five of the of the letter second, the second letter to the Thessalonian brethren. And um, of course, we've been dealing with from the beginning of this letter everything to do with the Parousia, that is the the day of the Lord, and the fact that the folks in Thessalonica had been hearing a different message from some folks. And the message was that these things had already occurred. So the apostle makes it clear that there was two things that had to to come to pass before the day of the Lord, or the Prusia, that's the presence of, of Christ. 
And those two things were the great falling away, the great apostasy, if you will, against Christ, and the man of sin being revealed and known, recognized, uh, in power, all of those things. And we discussed this at length. We're up to our th- the third chapter, but we're going to go back just to refresh ourselves this morning uh, into the second chapter about verse 15 and through 17. Also, I, I want to add before we go on with our lesson that today that as far as a study uh, in uh, Thessalonians, first and second. Um, David Traxler in in the past, and I believe it's on TalkShoe, uh, in the uh, the vast regions that we have there of the lessons that he did, uh, I believe that you might find his work also there. Uh, I'm not sure about that, but I think so. And I want to encourage you again to get this book that's that's called The Perusia by J.S. Russell, a book written in the late 1800s, very easily understood in our uh, English today, um, because uh, it is a wealth of information going from the original language in Greek And that's where the conversation starts about what's being said. And it's all about the so-called second coming of Jesus, as it's known in Christendom. And it's a wonderful uh, resource to have. You can find it on the Internet, uh, eBay. You can find it used probably many places. You can buy a brand new one or... Uh, you can buy a box of them from a place called IPA, that's International Preachers Association, and they uh, reprinted this book. They're the last ones to do so, I believe, uh, and they have uh, access to it. This is a wonderful book not only to own, but to give to people that for their own use. It's a resource. And I, I want to say that because we're coming near the end of our, our lessons in this. And, uh, and of course, uh, the Prusia deals with all of the, uh, the passages concerning the Prusia or the day of the Lord throughout the scriptures. So, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 15 through 17... Uh, I want to begin here because I have something to say about this letter and about the the topic here that I want to stress before we really dig into the third chapter, because the third chapter is all about what I'm going to be talking about. So the Apostle says here um, in verse 15, So then, brethren... Stand ye fast, and hold the deliverances that you were taught, whether through word, whether through our letter. Now that's the main thrust of it. And may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and our God 
and Father who did love us and did give comfort, age during, and good hope in grace, comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. Every good word and work. My question today is, what word and what work is the apostle talking about? I think we go back to verse 15. Uh, we're going to see it. Uh, so then, brethren, stand ye fast and hold the deliverances that you were taught. Who taught these people? The apostle. The apostle Paul and, and, and the apostles in general, seeing as though they all taught exactly the same. And and those and the evangelists of that day that were sent out, whether through word or through letter, the apostolic teaching is the foundation, if you will. How do I know that? Because of the scripture itself. The foundation of, of the church is the prophets, the apostles, prophets, and the Lord Jesus Christ being the cornerstone. When we heard when we hear the words of the apostles, the teachings of the apostles, the teachings of the New Testament, uh, from the book of Acts on, what you will what you must understand is this is the word of the Lord. By the authority of the Lord and his Father in heaven. That is the word and work. It says, stand firm and hold fast the instructions in order to imitate us. Okay. My uh, my new American standard puts the word traditions in for instruction. Right. And I don't appreciate that. No. I think the Greek word has the idea of teaching, and and a lot of people use that word in place of, right? Yeah, it, you know the context. If you keep it in the context, uh, the 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 traditions of the apostles. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm pretty good with that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But but we are because it's what they're saying and doing is the will of the Lord. Now Jesus talked about the traditions and the teachings of the leaders in of Israel during his ministry yes, that they were they were not they had made the word of God void. Right. With their tradition. Yeah, with uh-huh. their tradition. Yeah. So it depends on the context. Right, but this is the these are the problems that we run into in in the scripture, because when you see traditions, you know a lot of folks have family traditions. Now, does your family traditions uh, trump the traditions of 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 God that He has passed on His instructions? Well, no, they don't. But they may not have anything to do with that either. So traditions are good, 
and they're always usually done for the for the right reason. Uh, I was reading, um, I was quoting what I said, stand first, hold fast the instructions in order to imitate us uh, is what the Darby version has, uh, which of course is, uh, is, uh, yeah, here in, um, oh, what verse is it? Yeah, let's see. It's verse. Oh, I was getting that from another place. I just added that because that's that's actually in chapter three. We're going to be into that. I was saying I I don't remember reading that, but hold fast the instructions and stand firm in them. And as we're going to see in chapter 3, it is in order to imitate us. That is the apostles. By the way, another thing I like about verse 15 is that Paul is very, very clear about how this instruction was received. That's right. That's exactly right. There's no doubt. So we can tie it. There's no loose end here. This is the apostolic teaching. And, of course, if it is, then it's from the Lord. Right. And by either by word or epistle. Or letter. Yeah. yeah. Letter. Yeah. Writing. Through, through, their speech, through their speaking to them. They... That's right. And it can be repeated uh, as what they said. That's another thing that we should be doing. Uh, instead of us trying to uh, decipher or read between the lines, I think we better off just going ahead and saying what was already said. Because, you know, some of our baggage can kind of pollute the, uh, pollute the pure water there. I'd agree with Yep. Now, to imitate us, the apostles, in all that they know, teach, and believe. Now that's, I firmly believe that is, that is what the calling is for the brethren in Christ concerning the apostolic message. And I want to share with you a passage here that we've read before in 1 John chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. Because this fellowship that we have with the apostles through their teaching, we don't have personal fellowship, but we through their, their teaching, through their writings, we do have that fellowship. And if you listen closely to the words of this passage again, 1 John chapter 1, first four verses. That which was from the beginning, the apostle writes, that which we have heard, that which we have seen with our eyes, that which we did behold, and our hands did handle, concerning the word of life, the word of the light, 
and the life was manifested, and we have seen and do testify and declare to you the life, the age during, that is, life without end, which was with the Father and was manifested to us. Now, who is John talking about here? Jesus, the Messiah, right? Of course. Verse 3, and these are the verses that we need to really take to heart. That which we have seen and heard, declare we to you, that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you, that your joy or there's a variance here in our scriptures, your joy or our joy may be full. This, friends, I'm afraid, this entire concept has been lost to the world of Christendom as far as this fellowship and the nature of the faith. But we must strive to restore this this true atmosphere of the within the assemblies. To be strong for the work of the gospel and to promote the word of God, this this attitude must be ours and should be it permeate the the entire brotherhood. And until we do a lot better here, we're going to have a hard time teaching the Word of God and people having any reason to believe it. You know, we can show them the original language, you can show them the Bible, we can show them all things, but friends, if we're not, if we have not fellowship with the Apostles' doctrine and the, and the teachings of the apostles from the very mind of Christ to us, then how can we teach others? And this is what the apostle is telling them in Thessalonica. They must maintain this. So what here, what is is being spoke about the word and the work? Well, we know about the word, don't we? The work but the word that, what has the apostle been teaching about in this whole letter? As I said at the beginning of this class, it's all about the day of the Lord. It's all about what they need to know about the day of the Lord, which is the parousia, the, royal, the visitation, the royal visitation of the Lord himself, his presence. Not a physical presence, but a presence, the, the presence which, by the way, is more valid than any physical presence. We've been talking about the Prusia that is coming in their generation. It was at hand. It was about to be. I'm, I'm just giving you the passages in, in the Scripture when the, in all of the epistles when the, the apostles teach about this, even the Gospels. This is at hand. 
Jesus said in the lifetime of those listening to him, talk about it. This is the parousia. This is how I believe we should believe concerning this this idea of, as it's known, the second coming. We can't put numbers on these things, folks, because it, it, it doesn't. I mean, there was a coming of Christ on the day of Pentecost. What number is that? What number? We can't, we can't, we shouldn't use numbers like this. Let's just, the scripture doesn't use these numbers. Uh, instead of a number that somebody, people always give it a number of the second uh, coming the second time. Instead, it's again, coming again. Yeah. doesn't give a number. All right. This is This was for them to know in their generation, that is the first century A.D., to know about in detail and to be preparing themselves for it. And it's also for us in the scriptures now us now and and the last generation before us it was for them too to believe that it did occur because friends if it did not occur just let me quote to you what a a man said concerning the idea of that it didn't occur this man was had went to Bible college and he grew up in the church, a faithful church, I might add, a true church, a true group, was instructed uh, and went to seminary. And sometime at the during his seminary time or after, he made a discovery. And as he was reading uh, from the the Greek, he came uh, upon the the uh, portion in Matthew 24, and of course <laughs> the other go- the other three gospels, uh, Matthew, uh, Mark, and Luke. He came upon this area where Jesus pronounced this uh, idea of the, within the, this generation. And you know he wasn't like some of the folks today, where the generation is just a race of people as though there's any more races than just one? One race of man? That's what the Bible teaches. There are no other races. There's one race of man. There's all sorts of, of, uh, of uh, customs and, and uh, peculiarities about people that live in other places and all that, but we're not talking about that. They're, they want to use the word race, as though there's different races. There is no different races. One race of man. He came upon this and he believed what it said. Jesus said that this would happen. The parousia. His presence would happen within the lifetime of some of those that were listening to him. And because of that, he came up within his mind immediately, but it didn't happen. It didn't happen. That was his understanding and all that he'd ever been taught in church 
in Bible college, in seminary, and he had never heard anybody say anything other than it was all in the future. So what did he determine? He determined the scriptures weren't reliable. And even even the word of Christ wasn't reliable. The apostles were deceived. Their, Their work wasn't reliable. Well, if nothing, if that's not reliable, friends, what are we doing in the Scripture? It has to be reliable. You know, F.F. F. Bruce wrote a, a couple of books concerning the reliability of the New Testament. He does a masterful job at it. He doesn't deal with this issue that we're talking about too much. Yeah, we were just talking about the fact that tradition becomes more important to some people than God's word and God's teaching and the teaching in it. And so, you know, it just reminds me of the old story about that when you start lying, you have to tell more to cover up the last one. And I, yeah. Well, this is the problem. about the scripture not being accurate, mm-hmm. that's a lie to support his belief. Yeah, he believes what he's been taught more than what the scripture actually says. Right. Now, I don't want to, I don't want to assassinate this man's character. I'm not going to give you his name either. Good. But I understand what happened to him. I understand it because you know we 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 all are very loyal to those folks that led us down this path, this uh, the scriptural understanding and uh, our faith and this sort of thing. And this was this was a shock to him. You see, he was digging deeper. He was actually believing everything that he was reading. But he came to a point. Do you see why I am so... I'm so bold on this. This is a this is a horrible thing that is within uh, Christendom that we would, as Nolan just said, we would take our tradition that we've always been taught. If you ever heard anyone say in church, but we've never been taught such a thing. That means what you just said is wrong. But when you show them this is what the Bible says, and there it is for them to read too, you'll either get someone leaving an argument or another um, another bad sentence. And this is not right. You know, the Bible says that there must be differences, there must be disagreements amongst us, so that so that the truth of God's word will be discovered by those men that are capable of knowing the truth at that moment and sharing it with others. That's the process. The process isn't to break up the the, the church and everybody goes their own way. The, The process is to find the truth together and then come to the truth of it in our own lives. That's what we're trying to do here with this. 
with this because I believe this is it not is not this whole teaching on the Perusia and the things to do with the day of Christ this point in time is it not the instruction from the apostles to the brethren in the church it is but we're not talking about it like this today are we the instruction for the assemblies come from the apostles in ever since AD 31 and on it came from them and them alone then and yeah right now we open our bibles and what do we find the apostolic teaching in the new testament Uh, Alex found this this passage, and it's 1 Corinthians chapter 11, right? And he says, I hear there are disagreements among you. Or uh, uh, I don't know what word he used. Uh, Divisions exist among you. Okay, divisions. In other words, people believing different things, right? And in part, I believe it, for there must also be factions among you so that those who are approved may become evident among you. In other words, there's going to be somebody there that has the scripture and, and has the uh, shows it clearly, uh, and they are approved because the scripture approves what they're teaching. There's going to be somebody there that believes that what's right is more important than who's right. That's exactly the point. Who's right is God. God is right. Amen. His word is right. And down from there, uh, us being right is, is, only dedic- uh, is, is only because we're saying the things of God. Then it becomes right. But still, because we're people, we're going to have some divisions. We're going to have some different thinking. People are going to, you know, people grab something and they run off with it and they go they go to seed with it sometimes. And they're forgetting that the, we have to take the whole oracle of God, all of it, from the first word to the last. And there's where our doctrine comes from. And we need to make sure that we know the oracles of God so that our doctrine does not in any way do violence to the word of God. But friends, we've got Christian doctrine in our world that do violence unbelievable to the Word of God. We've talked about it many times. The the word Calvinism is the deadly virus within the Word, within the, the, the people of the church. Because remember, all Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. That's 2 Timothy 3.16. It's still in our Bibles, and it still teaches the same thing, and it still comes from where? The apostolic teaching. 
Do they know? Of course they knew. That's why the Lord gave them such a mission in, in, in this world. To speak for him the things of God. Remember, Jesus spoke, as he said many times over in the New Testament, only the things he had heard from his Father. And I believe him. So whether it's A.D. 31 or and, and forward, or today, friends, the apostolic message is for the assemblies of Christ, just as they were in the, at the very first time, if you will. And not, there is to be no man-made institution that is altering, modifying, updating, or whatever you might want to call it. Any institution that is governed by men and women have no right to do such a thing. This isn't the modern church. That's ridiculous. We live in, everybody thinks they lived in the modern times. Just ask every generation. That's for silliness. <laughs> modern mall. We're always modern, especially when we want to be. But here's the thing. This is the ancient word of God. God's word God's word does not return to him void. What he says is eternal if and if you understand the meaning of that word. It's unchangeable. Yeah. I think of Hebrews chapter I think it's 13 where it says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and tomorrow. Things of heaven do not change. Uh, in way of our instructions for us. Now, I think, friends, I'm, I'm, I know I'm raving on this a little, but here's the point. When we come back to this, when we finally obey the apostles' instructions to stand firm on the, on the teaching so that we imitate the apostles and their words, and deeds, when we do come back to this, through the word of God, we will be freed from all the baggage of men's religions. And, and believe me, that's freedom. As the song says, Oh, happy day. Well, that's it. When we have replaced men's religions with the word of Christ, and the work of Christ, and the and the glorifying of Christ. In other words, recognizing who Christ is and who His Father was, is, not was. What is described in the Bible? What what is described in uh, in the uh, teaching on the day of the Lord or the the Parousia? What is described there by the, the apostles? Both blessings and, and the vengeance that came to pass on that day was true then and now. The kingdom of God is now 
full-grown and never-ending. Why? Why do I know that? Because the day of the Lord did come. Because the Prusia did come. Because that brought the fullness of the kingdom of God to the realm of mankind, if you will. It was established by the purchased by the blood of Christ, established by the word of God, and ruled by God Himself, that now lives with with those within His family, that have been brought into His family through the Lord Himself, through adoption. And so it was, someone asked me one time on the telephone here, what do you do to grow your church? And I said the same way that it's always grown, by adoption. And he didn't know what I was talking about. Well, he should have known. He was a preacher. But we, the, the brethren are adopted. We are joint heirs with Christ, but he is the only begotten son. We are adopted into the family of God through the blood of Christ by the obedience to the gospel, friends, into a kingdom today that is full-grown and has been full-grown since the end of the first covenant, which, of course, is, is the same time period, the same issue as the Perusia, the day of the Lord, as promised through the Old Testament, spoke of and promised in the New Testament, and so that is the apostolic teaching on that. Now, we got just a little time to get into chapter 3. But I had to get that said because I believe it's important um, for us to recognize that these letters are not, um, they're not to be read, uh, thought about, and then either dismissed or uh, or understood. We are to believe them. We're to believe these things. And the apostles always take us back to the authority of their words. Their authority is the Lord himself. And we know that authority is from heaven. So we can comfort ourselves in that. Now when we look at um, chapter 3 of this letter, which is the final chapter, we're going to notice something in here and, and as we look at it in, in today and in, in, in the week to come. We're going to find that in uh, this chapter, in a numerical way, verses 4, 6, 7, 14, and 15 are all apostolic teachings that must be understood and imitated and not altered by anyone at any time. And they're, they're all about the instructions and holding fast and, and imitating the apostles and their words and their deeds. And these things just cannot be, cannot be changed. And therefore, the, those that received this letter, everyone that's read this letter from the, the time it was written and sent out. That is the point I'm trying to make here. And I like the way Darby has um, 
translated this first verse um, in chapter 3. And he begins with the comment, for the rest. In other words, he's concluding his letter uh, as we are getting near to concluding our lesson. But he says, for the rest, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may run and be glorified even as also with you and that we may be delivered from bad and evil men for faith is not the portion of all. That's the first two verses. I like that idea, may run. That the word of the Lord may run. Of course, here, here again we have what? We have the qualifications upon what the apostles are teaching. It is the word of the Lord. You know, in the world we live in, and even when I was a, a young boy, I, I, I remember some speaking about the Bible, that it was just the ravings of uh, a bunch of old men a long, long time ago. And of course, when they're talking about the New Testament, they'd be talking about the apostles. Uh, they, they were considered old men, although <laughs> uh, I don't think any of them were as old as I am right now uh, before they were they were gone. So, I, I mean, they're old, why? Just because they lived in the past, you know. A long time ago means what? Well, they're not nearly as enlightened as we. That's always the concept, isn't it? So that's why they found fossilized uh, mechanisms that were that were built by men uh, two and three thousand years ago that had gears in it and things of that sort. Friends, we're not we're not advanced. We're advanced in our technology, but in reality, we're the same kind of people that everybody have always been. We have the struggles, but we have the ability, the free will that God has given us to believe him or to reject him. That's who we are. That's who men have always been. But instead of just some ravings of some old man a long, long time ago, instead, really, these men were speaking the Lord's will for the brethren, the brethren within the body of Christ, Everywhere, at all times. They didn't set any dates on this. Well, there's passages in there that make it clear that this is to continue. I think it's in, uh, I, I forget where it's at now. I wrote it down. Um, I keep forgetting, but the, the, the assembly will continue. And the, the teaching will continue uh, along with it. And... Faith is not the portion of all men. You know, sometimes I even, I, I, I forget that, uh, don't expect people that have no knowledge of God to do the right thing. You get angry at them because they're doing something that seems so wrong. But does it seem wrong to them? 
You see, that's the question. The, the apostle makes it clear, faith is not the portion of all men. Now, we want it to be. Um, actually, the word men's not even in there. Uh, all. I have men in brackets here in my writing. But faith that he's talking about is, is the faith and faith in the faith, if you will. For faith, for the faith is not of all. And by the way, it's the faith. So we get very disappointed with the things that we hear and see, we see done, and we see taught within Christendom. Where I that this is where we should be more, uh, much more concerned. Um, when it's within Christendom, the teaching needs to be according to the Word of God, and and not according to any group or anybody's different. Uh, Teachings along these these uh, along the road, if you will, the road, the winding road with many many roads out from it. That's the world of Christendom, and that's why people that have no faith look at Christianity and say, "There's no one that agrees on anything in Christianity." That's an observation that it's not really too unfair, is it? But is that God's fault? Is that the Scripture's fault? Is that the will of the Lord? No. Let's come back to the teachings of the apostles. That's our goal here. And we pray that you share it with us. We'll return um, to look at this chapter next week, Lord willing. And in In the meantime, we pray you have a a useful and blessed week in your task for the Lord and all your responsibilities. And we pray these things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.